FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome everybody, you're listening on 87.6878, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in this morning and a very special shout out this morning to all of our listeners in Curry, Tasmania on 88.0. Curry, Tasmania? Yes. I know Curry, Curry, New South Wales. I live near Curry, Curry, New South Wales, but, but Curry in Tasmania is spelt with a C. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. So and a like, Y at the end? No. Or an I at the end. An IE. Oh. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not like it's not like Indian curry? That's like right. Spicy curry? And it's not like cuz curry curry I'm pretty sure that's like an aboriginal word. So it's, I don't It's England. I'm going to profess my ignorance uh-huh. of where this name came from. Absolutely. Even as a very loyal and staunch Tasmanian, I'm not quite sure where that comes from. A staunch Tasmanian yes. who lives in New South Wales. Yes. Who saw the light and got out of the that tiny island as fast as they could. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where I never chose to live in New South Wales. The Lord chose for me to live here. And when you're in the Lord's work, you kind of go where the Lord calls. So that's how it works. That's a very uh, yeah, diplomatic that way that one of if you saying can. that. New South Wales is better than Tasmania. Anyway, Lawson, what are you thankful for real quick? <laughs> oh, actually, I might tell this story in our good news section. I'm thankful that though, that I woke up and got to do radio this morning because I had some, some, some troubles. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Lawson's about to kick off the show with a question for the quiz. That's right. Who was the first king of Judah ruling from Jerusalem? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you go into the draw to win our board game that we are giving away as part of our draw for this week. Miracles and pitfalls. Making your way around the board, answering questions correctly, getting it done. But again, that question was, who was the first king of Judah ruling from Jerusalem? 0491-064-669. If you want any terms and conditions in regards to our quiz, you can head to our website, faithfm.com.au. Or if you want to just play the quiz, if you just want to answer these questions but not necessarily get in the draw, you can state it or star it. So you can say, I don't want to be in the draw. Or you can put a little star beside Because we just love hearing answer. from you guys. We just love it when you answer quiz questions yeah. and test your brain. Absolutely. But if you, if you, you know, if you just want to get in to the draw, if you want to get into the draw, don't state it or star it. Just send those questions in and we'll put you in. But if you don't want to be in the draw, then state it or star it. But hey, again, that number 0491-064-669. Who was the first king of Judah ruling from Jerusalem? Okay, and the key to this one is ruling from Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Special bonus bragging points if you can get the answer if ruling from Jerusalem wasn't included in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so if we, if we left ruling from Jerusalem out, what would the answer be? Because that would change the answer. It would. Yes. So special bro- bonus bragging points if you can give two answers that are both correct. Would it, though? Um, 
Ooh, okay, yeah. no, we, we can't have this conversation. We can, we can have, have this conversation, conversation off air. We can have this conversation <laughs> off air. All right, Lawson, let's have some positively different positively news. different news this morning. Okay, okay, okay. I, I was saying in our grateful section, I had a story to tell you guys. I am grateful that I got lots of sleep last night. That's always something to be grateful for. But it came with a bit of a scary moment. So I yeah. get home from work yesterday, and it's like five thirty p.m. And I am smashed. The night before, I watched the World Cup with a bunch of people till late. Then I'd come and done, done radio. Then yesterday, did radio, went for a swim, like swimming training, uh, went to uni, was working, and I was just, like, smashed. I was just... Eyes hanging out of your head. Oh, it was terrible. And I get home, and I legit... I was going to do some work, and I set up my computer and everything. And I, I set up my computer, and then I'm like, oh, I might just, like rest my eyes for a bit and then i jump on my bed and just immediately fall asleep now i wake up and it's you know kind of dark outside and i'm thinking oh must be the next day must have woken up before my alarm and i pull out my phone and it says 750 and i and i'm like what 750 and i'm like the show started. Oh no! And I, and I get up out of bed, and it's and my phone is saying seven fifty. But then it says underneath like seven fifty Monday, and I'm like, my phone must be glitching out. And then so I, then I get my watch, and it also says seven fifty Monday. And I'm like, what is going on? And so I run downstairs, and downstairs is my my stepmom, my dad's wife Tina, and her this is such an epic story. her grandson or my. Step I've had this nephew. Uh, his name is Kai. And so Kai and Tina are downstairs. And I'm like, Tina, Tina, what time is it? What time? Because I'm like, why haven't Lyle or Shell called me? Like, I'm 50 minutes late for the show. <laughs> and I'm like, downstairs. I'm like, what time is it? What time is it? And she's like, and she's like, it's, it's, no, I, I, I'm asking her because my phone says Monday, but I, I th- I'm like, what day is it? And she's like, it's Monday. And I'm like, no, it was Monday yesterday. What? It's <laughs> Tuesday, right? And she's like, no, it's it's Monday, <laughs> Lawson. So it's 7.50 on a Monday. And I'm like, what is going on? And then it just clicks in my brain. I'm like, 7.50 p.m. It's it's not the next day. See, this is why it's I don't. Nighttime. This is why I never use AMPM. I haven't used AMPM for like twenty years. Uh huh. Because if you go to twenty four hour time, you never get this confusion. Oh, dude! As soon and- as, I, as soon as I started traveling internationally, I just went straight to twenty four hour time because yes. it was so much. It saves so much confusion. Yeah, absolutely. You, you get caught once or twice with an AMPM mix up, and it's like never again. Yeah, but dude, yeah, I was just like. I was freaking out. And then when I realized, I was like, oh, okay. Okay, now think about this for a moment. I want you to think about this for a moment. Uh-huh. You were you were confused for what, five minutes max? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have people who come to me on the question of the Sabbath sometimes and they say, you know, what if the Sabbath was lost? What if the weekly cycle was lost somewhere in history? Mm. And I'm like, that's actually an impossibility <laughs> because the, what would require, the, the, the elements that would be required for that to actually take place is for every Sabbath keeper, every Sunday keeper, every Friday keeper on the planet to have the experience you just had yesterday, mm-hmm. that have to have it on the same day, at the same time, and never 
find their mistake. Yeah, that's right. To be lost. And I think the thing that's that, just impossible. The thing that made me realize the the other side, even if there was no one home, and I started like getting dressed and I jumped in my car and I started driving to radio, the, the thing, sun would be in the wrong part of the sky. That's right. It was twilight and the sun was going down. That would be a bit of a hint. Yeah. You know, a bit of a hint that you got it wrong. I'm like, wait, what's going on? But, uh, yeah, essentially, well, it was good because I got to go back to sleep and I, I then slept all the way through. I literally went back up into my room, jumped in bed, slept all the way through to 1am, woke up, checked my phone, saw that it was 1am because it was still dark outside, went back to sleep and slept all the way through to 5 Okay, so there's this thing in your phone. It's called settings. If you go there, switch it over 24 hour time. Problem solved. <laughs> well, you'll never have this. You will never. This is the thing. The thing that I got caught with in the past was setting my alarm. Mm. You're know, like, oh, I've got to catch a flight, an international flight. So I set my alarm for six o'clock in the morning. Mm. Except that I set it for six p.m. Oh, that's terrible. And you just sleep straight through, and it's like never again. Yeah, yeah. Never ever happening again. Put it on 24 <laughs> hour time. Problem solved. Uh, I don't even know why we have AM, PM. Isn't it the, like the dumbest thing ever? I don't it's know. Just I designed, it is designed for confusion. I, Whoever I invented that. It's cricket to say six instead of 18. Yeah. Think about how much time I'm saving by yeah. saying six instead of 18. <laughs> is life really that short? <laughs> Do we really need to save that much time? I don't know. But I think the other funny thing is that I have like regular dreams, regular nightmares about waking up and missing radio. So, you know, this was just a nightmare come true that wasn't actually a nightmare. So interesting. Okay, quickly, I have a story. It's about penguins. I love penguins. Penguins are amazing. Where do you think the most northern penguin is, Lyle? The most northern penguin? Yeah, because penguins are an Antarctic animal. Yes. Where do you think the most northern penguin? Uh, Well, we have them in Sydney. Yep. Maybe, do they they have them on Fraser Island? There's too many sharks. The most northern penguin is actually at the equator. Really? They make yeah. it all the way to the equator? The Galapagos penguin. I mean, hey, if they made it as far as the equator, they should have just, you know... Kept going to the Arctic. Going to the Arctic, other side right? a little bit, and then they could have found the Arctic, and they could have gone, this is a cool place, we can live here. Well, the, the Galapagos Islands, which are just off the coast of Ecuador, like right on the equator, uh, it is actually those penguins that live there are 3,800 kilometres more north than the other northernmost penguin. So basically the other northernmost penguins, they're the ones that got to, like, to Africa. There's African penguins. Yes. And then the Galapagos penguin just, they just, they, they missed Africa by a fair margin. Yeah, and fair margin. Fair <laughs> they're, margin. They're, they're on a different side of the world. Um, and they just kept going north and going north and going north until they hit the Galapagos Islands. Now, in the Galapagos Islands, unfortunately, the Galapagos penguins have been hunted by introduced species. You want to guess what introduced species was hunting them in the Galapagos Islands? I hate um, feral cats. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah so totally right. It was the feral cats that was getting the them. Um, but the Galapagos penguins have recently had a huge boom because there have been conservationists there. Um, They've wiped out the cats. They have simultaneously, they've been controlling the pap- cat population as well as, so Galapagos penguins, they burrow in the sand because yes. it's so hot. And so they, they go and they burrow in the sand and they stay in the sand. Amazing. But but all the sand, all the burrows and all of the different places are usually inhabited by cats and other, inv- like, you know, feral invasive species and predators that would eat them. So they've gone and made a bunch of bunkers and burrows with some light machinery 
And now you've got all these kind of colonies of penguins who all live together and are protected from all the invasive species that are going to eat them. Why don't they just eliminate cats on the islands? It couldn't be that hard. They're, they're islands. Yeah, but, you know, they're in the process. But at the same time, the Galapagos penguin, their population is increasing. So praise God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we're about to get into more serious news before we do. Another question for our quiz. Another question for the quiz. How old was Moses when he saw the burning bush? All right. The answer will surprise you. Yes, it will. 0491-064-669 is the number to call a text if you know the answer. And if you do, you go into the draw to win the Miracles and Pitfalls board game. So I just, I just learned something new. Sorry. Oh. I, I'm... Keep talking that way. I'm getting excited. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. How old was Moses when he saw the burning bush? Miracles and Pitfalls board game. That's what you can win. A If you want to go on a Bible adventure with your family, your friends, whoever you want to sit down and play this game with, then by all means, answer this question correctly. Get your name in the drawer and you have the ability to win. How old was Moses when he saw the burning bush? Okay. Okay, now you can now say... Now I can talk about what I just that, learned. That's right. What so did you So let me ask you a question. In Spain, what kind of time do they use? AM, PM or 24, 24 hours? 24 hour. See, this is, this is what I didn't realize. Most of the world uses 24 hours. Abs- yeah, that's right. It's just... It's like the US, Australia. North Africa. Yeah. That uses... Australia is actually listed as a country that uses both. Uh-huh. Uh, the US is exclusively AM, PM along with the Philippines and a few other countries like that, and North Africa and the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And everyone else uses 24-hour. Yeah, that's right. Why don't we just get on with the rest of the world? Lyle, there's so many questions like that. Why do we always do, Why do we all use different outlet plugs? Huh? Yes. Like, answer, the whole world, answer me that. The whole world should swap over to the Australian system it's because this- it's the best. The British one is too chunky. The American one is too weak. The Australian one is perfect. Like, it's all electricity. Yes. Why do we drive on different sides of the road? Well, there's a very good reason for that. Really? Yes. What is it? I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, fantastic. Anyway, let's get into some more serious news here this morning. Okay, so The uh, the Chosen, which is a TV series about the disciples, Mm -hmm. and, of course, uh, Jesus is very central to that, has debuted on Netflix, Mm -hmm. and it is currently sitting as the most liked Title, so there's a bit of a surprise here for Netflix. Something they weren't expecting. How could a series about Jesus hit the most liked? But it is actually the most liked currently. I mean, that'll change over time. Um, it's been available for a while now. It's in its third season, but it's been available on the chosen app, on Peacock, on Amazon Prime Video. Mm. Now it's on Netflix, which is the world's most popular streaming service. It's got about 220 million paying subscribers. Mm. And The Chosen Season 3 was released in the cinemas, and two weekends ago it was sitting at number three mm-hmm. uh, gross with a gross of $8.7 million. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you've got uh, a hit with a Christian fan base that is breaking into the mainstream. A lot mm. of mainstream people and secular people who have been watching it here. Shell's going to correct me on some of this right now, is she? What, what? Uh, it, it was just the first two episodes that... Yeah, just the first two episodes mm, that were released that on, uh, that premiered in the, in the movie theatres and uh, sat at number three as far as, you know, the movie. It's, it's, I think, sitting on number 10 now because obviously, you know, new, new movies, movies come, come out, yep. all that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. that is, 
an exceptional accomplishment. Mm. Okay, so the Buffalo Supermarket Shooter. Uh, some of you might remember this. There are a lot of mass shootings in America, and so we do tend to forget them fairly quickly. He's mm. just been um, in prison for life. Mm. I think surprising right there. He killed 10 people in a supermarket in Buffalo, New York, mm. and he was motivated by race. Okay. What's interesting about this case is that he's the first mass shooter to be imprisoned as a terrorist. Mm. Now, I don't know what difference that makes if I'm serving a life sentence as a terrorist or serving a life sentence as a normal criminal. It's kind of the same thing, right? You're behind bars. I'm pretty sure the terrorism, like particularly if they if they stipulate that it's a terrorist act or a hate crime, it lengthens the sentence, right? Yeah, and in America they tend to put sentences on top of each other. So he's probably serving, you know, 10 consecutive life sentences here Mm. which would add up to like 400 and some years or something or other. Oh, actually, I'm just remembering. It's just coming to my mind. If if something is classified as a hate crime, you immediately get the maximum penalty. Right. So terrorism would probably be in that category as well. So he's committed murder and he's immediately gotten the maximum sentence because it's classified as a terrorist act. This is a positive thing. We don't want to ever see this guy see the light of day again. (laughs) No, thank (laughs) you. I mean, hey, I pray for him. I pray that he finds the Lord. I pray that he's converted. He probably should have taken into account uh, when he set himself up for a life sentence that, Mm. well, 38% of people incarcerated in the United States are black. Mm. So, yikes. He's going to be in there with all those cellmates. Yeah. It's not going to be much fun for him. Mm Mm-mm. And people who usually commit crimes like this end up getting killed in prison. They do. They mm. do. Uh, anyway, so when we look at this, and what's interesting is, you know, the news media outlets typically, whenever there's a mass shooting, uh, they retreat to, you know, the various sides of political affiliation, religious affiliation, mm. a targeted community, race, LGBT, whatever it might be, and these are the motivations for this. However, there's been research that's been done on mass shootings going all the way back to 1996 and looking for common denominators. Mm. And there are four common themes and two universal themes. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to look at what they are. Uh, the common themes are exposure to violence at a young age, yep. so children that have actually seen violence you know, in the home, whatever, that kind of thing, uh, domestic violence, uh, seeking a validation in extreme communities, often online. Mm. And so you get, you know, young guys that are feeling insecure and then they join a group and the group's like, you're amazing. Mm. And so then they become uh, extreme. Uh, openly admiring prior mass shooters. Mm. So if you get, you know, young people that have sort of a fixation in that direction. And long-time loners that also have an identifiable crisis point. Mm. Say, for instance, the death of a close family member or being expelled for school or something like that. These are all common themes. Mm. But what's more important than the common themes, because, yes, they are common themes, are the universal themes. Mm. So there are two universal themes, Mm. and here they are. Every single mass shooter, they're all men. There's never been a female mass shooter in the United States. And here's the second universal theme. Not a single one has ever had a father. Wow. None. Mm. Which pretty much mirrors what you're going to find in the prison system where it's anywhere between, from one prison to another, uh, it sits between 70% to 98% of inmates that never had a father. Mm. 
And this really, really speaks to important issues in our world right now because, you know, so much for the claims of feminists that, you know, we don't need men, we can do it all by ourselves. You know, you look at nature and in nature, you know, the male of the species turns up, impregnates, disappears and is never seen again. So Mm. why do we need men? Actually, you do need men because Why do we, we need- are not animals, we are human beings. <laughs> That's such a good point. Why do we need men? Because I don't want to be an animal. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to be an animal. <laughs> and when you when you raise your child without a father, and I'm hey, we live in a terrible world and I get that and terrible things happen and we all have to do the best we can with the hand that we are dealt. And that's right. And there's no shame. No. And and we're not sitting here shaming single mothers. In fact, we see them as probably one of the most vulnerable groups of society that needs absolute support. The Bible speaks about single mothers over and over and over again Mm. and about the need that we have to give them as much support as we can. Mm. What I'm speaking about here is the biblical model of family. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm defending right here. Mm -hmm. Because when we try and uh, get away from the biblical model and say, well, this happens in the animal kingdom, then we have a greater chance of raising animals, Mm -hmm. not humans. Mm -hmm. They grow up like animals rather than like humans. Not always, by a million miles. Don't don't take this too wrong here, what I'm trying to illustrate. So, so much for the claims of the feminists and also so much for the claims of the LGBT plus, plus community that say that children are just as well socially adjusted when they are raised with one gender, alone in a same-sex relationship. Mm. The simple reality is that they are not. Mm. Children need both a mother and a father. Now, I grew up in a single-parent home. You grew mm. up in a single-parent home. You know, we can we survive these kinds of things, and the mm. Lord, you know, does amazing things, and we have amazing parents. Praise God. Mm. Uh, but it is not the ideal. Mm. It is far from the ideal, and we need to... We need to look to the ideal and aim for the ideal and still work within living in a world of sin. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Lawson, we got another question for our quiz? We absolutely have another question. Therefore, go and make blank of all nations, blank them in the name of the Father and in the Son and in the Holy Spirit. If you know what those blanks are, then 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if, again, you know that answer. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win Miracles and Pitfalls, our board game that we're giving away this week that comes with the promise that if we come to your area, we will play this board game with you. Okay, has anybody got, I have to ask producer Shell, has anybody got uh, extra bonus bragging points for the first question? Oh, Okay, so the first question, let's, let's just have that again and see if someone can come up with extra bonus bragging points for the first question. It was, who is the first king of Judah ruling from Jerusalem? And the extra bonus bragging points comes in if you can say, if you can answer the question, who was the first king of Judah? Mm. He, without that last, without that, that, that specifying last, last part. Okay, okay. But again, this question is, therefore, go and make blank of all nations, blank them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If you know what those two words are, if you know the answer, 0491 064 
Okay, so joining us in the studio this morning is Dana Howard, who has worked in youth ministry his whole life. Just have to ask Dana, when Lawson reads that verse out with those blanks in it, does it kind of make your teeth itch trying not to say the... <laughs> I, was, I was straight away thinking, Do I, can I say it? <laughs> can I give the answer? Do not fill in the blanks. There, there have been plenty of times where the, there are verses like that and I've accidentally said the word and uh, given yes. part of it away. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting better at keeping it obscure. So, go. Dana, before we went to the break, we were talking about the necessity of fathers in the home and uh, the difference that it makes for children to have a father. One of the things that we pointed out is that we live in a world of sin, a broken world, and mm. it's actually rare, somewhat rare these days, for a child to be raised by both biological parents. You know, yes. I wasn't. Lawson you know, comes yeah. from a broken home, and that's kind of the norm these days. There's no shame in that. We've got a lot of single mothers out there Absolutely. and a bunch of single fathers as well. You have been working with young people for decades. Mm -hmm. How how many years have you been in youth ministry now? Uh, 20. Yeah. A long time. Fair while, yeah. Yeah, A a long time, a (laughs) long time. Okay, so you've been working in youth ministry a long time, and I think this is one of the great advantages of being a part of a church Mm. is that if you're trying to do this by yourself, you become a part of the church, and suddenly you're not doing it by yourself. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, have a hopefully you have a church family around you, and your church is functioning like a family. Yes, and that you can have support in that family. And if you cut, you know, I recently, uh, you know, I've got a uh, sort of ministering to a single mother who's newly become a single mother, and for you know tragic reasons, but the right reasons, and wanting mentorship for her sons, but not wanting to attend church. I'm like, why? <laughs> Where are you going to find that? It's really hard to find that in the community, but it's really easy to find that in a church community. Somebody become a part of a church community. And it's all there. Yeah. Look, we in, in our family situation, we've um, mentored a young fellow, um, single mum, young fellow, and in, on the flip side, a young lady with a single dad, um, single dad. So, and this is this is this is the other this is the flip side of the coin is that you know not all single parents are single mothers. Well, that's right. <laughs> um, I grew up in a single parent home without a mum. I yes. grew up with a single father, and that happens as well. And we need yes. to think about those people as well, because and, yeah. And, and look, these people were good people, but they also recognised that um, what was missing in their family, and they were blessed enough to be a part of a church community. We weren't, by the way, for the young fella. We were probably the mentor for the young lady. There was a group of mothers that took on the mentoring of this young girl. And um, she caused a lot of people in the church to foster mums. <laughs> yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely and, awesome. And it was a blessing to the family. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing well these days, both yeah. doing well. Mm. Praise God. Mm. Yeah, that's – you know, I can I can look back at my own experience and there was, you know, there was a lady in, in the church where I was growing up who sort of – Became a mother figure to me in many ways, and I have I, I owe a, a, a tremendous debt of gratitude to the role yeah. that she played in my life as you know as a local church member and and somebody who you know sort of filled yeah. the gap to a certain extent. Mm. Yeah, can I also say just this might be a little bit of a side thing, but if you're an older person going along to church somewhere and you've got single parents in your congregation with kids, what we always did was we took a bag of stuff. And we invited their kids to sit with us and um, just gave that single parent a break for church service. 
and we sort of become adoptive, adoptive grandparents for church. And um, I think it's a good thing to do. I think it's a very good thing to do for the single parents around. It helps them. It gives the, it gives the kids, yeah. Because you know, parenting is intense. Yes. But it's <laughs> so much more intense when you do it on your own because you, you never get a break. Exactly. Exactly. But to give them that break for church time, that's yep. amazing. Yep. And, you know, that extended the afternoon off and et cetera and so on. But So my wife and I, we often we often have people sitting, kids sitting between us, our kids and other kids sitting around us and between us, and, um, yeah, we enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I can remember many times preaching with this child hanging onto one of my legs. <laughs> it was a small country <laughs> church, and uh, every time I preached up there, this kid had come up and yeah, you know, I mean, then and eventually, usually, she ended up hanging on to one of my legs. She's a young lady now. I don't know, but she'd like to be reminded what she's. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's when you're five years old. That's what you do, isn't exactly. it? That's how you find exactly. security, <laughs> and that's just you know, that's yeah. just a huge blessing. Yep. <laughs> Donna, you, 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 as I mentioned, you've spent uh, half a lifetime working with young people mm-hmm. and in youth ministry. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the things that you do every year is run a series of teen camps. Yes, uh, these are big events. They are major planning. Mm. Yes. Now, major, how many? How many across the summer? And let's talk about summer camps because summer camps. You know, many of us probably have. You know, really fond memories of going to summer camps as a kid. I know I do. Yep. And then there's probably a lot of people in the community listening who have never been to a summer camp because <laughs> if you're not part of a church community or if you're not part of something like a scouts group mm-hmm. or yes. girl guides, you probably miss out. You've probably never been. You've probably mm. missed out. Yeah. And particularly if you're a single parent, this is a great way to not just have a break, but to also have some mentoring. Yes. Mm. Yep. For your young people, yep. what what age brackets are you uh, catering for? So we do four camps a year. Uh, four, oh no, I shouldn't say camp a year. Four, we do four camps over the holidays. Yes, two junior age, which is ten to twelve. Yes, we do a teen, which is thirteen to fifteen, and then we do a youth, fifteen to seventeen, and then after seventeen, we try and get them back as staff. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic! So, yeah. how many do you, do you have young people that are just sort of like they're now no longer young people and they're still coming to summer camp? They, we we have a we have a special what we call a teen force. They're under eighteen, but they want to come as staff, and so we we have to have a limit that number. But we have those coming, being mentored into roles. So and that kind of fills the gap for them between well, the yeah that well they they're already for example they've come the junior that they they their youth they go to their youth mm-hmm. camp. They're 17, but they want to be involved, so we have them mentoring. Well, we have them being trained up for, say, a junior camp. So they're too young technically to be staff, got to be 18 and over to be responsible for kids legally. But these are very responsible kids, so we we get them along. Um, We call it Teen Force. They work under an, an, an older person. But they are given mentoring into roles that they might like to do at junior at summer camps in the future, and so yeah, we've we've got our kids coming from ten. Uh, I was just had a young man the other day, who now is married with two children, talking about how summer camp changed his life. Single parent, um, summer camp changed his life. How he bec- went through summer camps, then he became a uh, a, um, a staff. And now he's training staff. 
That's, 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 that's full yeah. cycle, the full cycle yeah, of summer uh, camp And he had a fantastic story about how summer camp changed his life both for um, his social way of doing things, social, connecting socially. He was always a loner, but also um, his connection with Jesus. Yeah, praise yeah. God. So both of my boys went to summer camps every year from when they were eligible until they were no longer el- eligible. And when they were no longer el- eligible, they continued as counsellors. <laughs> mm. And yes. uh, you know, my oldest son, who's in ministry, he received his call to ministry at one at a summer camp. Uh, my Both of my sons are married to girls that they met at a summer camp <laughs> at some particular point in their life and That's you awesome. know, reconnected. <laughs> Reconnected later on yes. in life, so you know wonderful things can happen at summer camps. How many how many young people do you cater for over the summer? Um, I mean, it would vary from year to year, but typically, yeah, no. Well, our our full camp we we have a camp in a rainforest, and our we we have a maximum number of one hundred and twenty eight kids at the camp, but we have about sixty five to seventy staff at the camp. Um, so the total number is getting close to two hundred there. Is that for each one of the camps? That's for each one of the camps. Okay, so over, across the four camps, then that would add up to yeah. like 800, 800 people, something like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. Yes. And, and, and the staff that come enjoy the camp as much. I mean, they come because they love the camp, and so they're enjoying it being staff. So in some ways, the camp is as much for the staff as it is for the kids. Yeah, it's absolutely. I've only ever been to summer camps as a staff because I became a Christian when I was 18. And actually, this is the first year where I'm not there. The previous couple of years, I've been like the worship leader yes. and the preacher yes. and then before then doing counselling yes. and whatnot. And dude, it's the, it is the best way to spend the summer. It's, it is awesome. And so do you go every year, Lawson? So almost every year, except this year. Ah! This, is, this is the one year that I'm not going. I'm busy. I have work to do. And then I'm like spending heaps of time in Melbourne in January. Yeah. But but this is the first year I'm not going. But dude, I tell you, in terms of like the yes. fun factor in ter- in regards to being a staff, particularly the years where I've been either the worship leader or in 2021 I was the I was the preacher. That yes. meant during the day right. I could just do whatever I want, and I I go to, I'd go to every activity. Lawson, we, you were supposed to be in your room no, preparing no, your no, sermon. No, 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 no. <laughs> we encourage the we encourage our speakers when they when they. Think they've got the speed, they talk in their head, get out and mix with the kids. Yes. Yeah, because the so kids good. will connect. They, they listen at night, but they connect during the day. Dude, yes. absolutely. And yeah. it was good. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go mountain bike riding for four <laughs> hours today. And I'm going to go wakeboarding for four hours today. And I'm going to do this. He's talking. Okay, Lawson, you're like, what, 23, 24, something like that? 24 now. And 24. So you're, you're, you're a great uh, candidate for being involved in summer camp. Absolutely. But yes. I want to say this is that. I've been to Dana's summer camp for the last two of them, and I've been involved in other summer camps before that. I'm 50. Yeah. <laughs> and, you're and, Dana's, and Dana's like, he's ancient. He's way older than me. <laughs> I, I, I was born when Dana, so I still run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how important then is it then because, uh, you know, I've, I've enjoyed my time at summer camps yes. in, in, immensely. I tend to think there's probably a lot of people who are my age who actually – avoid being staff at summer camp because they're like, well, I'm too old for that. Um, you know, I have to say most of our staff are young. Yes. Um, but we we do have older folk coming in that, especially when they have special abilities that we particularly want. I mean, we've got to be, have qualified people that run many of our activities. Some of it we supply, some of it are the camp supplies. But, yeah, look, we have older folk coming in. Last year Kev was there. 
and um, good help. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And, and I think it's really important for the young people as well because I know for myself, I have no problem connecting with, you know, teens and kids and whatnot. You know, yep. you sit at the meal table and you just have conversations and just. they're not in the least perturbed by – you know, this old dude sitting there. They just they just chat <laughs> That's away. That's what like, Lyle oh. thinks because Lyle just talks all the time. And, nah, <laughs> <I'm doing that. laughs> Lyle's there telling his war stories and it's like, okay, old man. Nah, young, I'm just kidding. Young, I'm just young people can pick up a fake very quickly. Mm. But if you are genuinely interested in them, you don't have to be hip, whatever. you just got to be genuinely interested. Yes, and mm. they really, really appreciate yes. it. Now... Let's let's do a bit of a bit of a plug for your summer camps because they are they are coming up soon yes. and you still have places available. We normally wouldn't. We'd normally be packed out within the first half an hour of opening, but this year because we're also running Camperee, which is kids from Australia wide coming together down at Tumbarumba, we um, mums and dads have to say, well, it's one or the other kids, which one do you want? So we still have some places available, yes. Okay, so for any of our listeners, do you have to come from a Christian background, no, a church background? we have or anything like many that? young people coming from non-Christian backgrounds. Um, some of them, their mates at school invite them. Mm. Some of them, their mates from church invite them. Anybody's welcome. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you're listening and you've got yep. kids, then give us a call here. Yep. Um, 0491-064-669 is our number. And there's some spaces available. Did he Tell say us- that very fast? Zero four nine one. Zero six four six six nine. All right, Dana, tell right. us what are kids going to experience at summer camp? Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have lots of fun. We we the, the the program starts with they arrive in the afternoon and they have a bit of orientation. Then there's the meal, and then we have a night meeting each night. It's it's a Christian camp, and so there will be a Christian talk each night. But it's run by young people. It's lots of fun. Um, then they'll go off, there's a drama each night, mm. and then cabins. In the morning, uh, after breakfast, they have activities. They'll divide into different activities. We do it different for us, for the younger ones and for the older ones. The younger ones rotate through activities. The older ones choose their activities. Um, but activities include things like, let me start on the ground. We start at the back, abseiling, high ropes, zip line, water slide, low ropes, archery, mountain biking, what else is on site? That's about it on site. Then off site we go uh, waterfront, which is where we have our boats running with our wakeboards and kneeboards and so on, biscuits. Um, then we have the beach, we have surfing, we have supboarding, we have sailing, we have canoeing. Um, mountain bike riding. He said oh, we did that. Horse riding? Yeah. Horse, oh, horse riding. Horse riding doesn't happen before Christmas, but after Christmas for the three camps after, um, horse, horse riding is available. Yes. That's that's that is a massive list of activities. We, we, that is absolutely amazing that you do all of those different things. Our staff are usually more than two to one. Uh, uh, you know, sorry, two kids to one staff is right. our average. We have a lot of staff, all volunteers, and um, but we need them because we're doing lots of activities. We have a qualified person at each place that's qualified to do the activity, yep. and um, then we of course we have the people who are just. The cabin leaders, for example, each cabin has a cabin leader in it that, for example, with juniors, they will move with those juniors throughout every activity. At night time, there's two people, in the two adults in the cabin with them. And, um, yeah, and, and after the meeting each night, I, I think this, for me, this is the special part. 
After the meeting stopped, we asked the speaker to give three or four questions to the cabin leaders. So when the lights out, cabin leaders can start talking. And just ask the questions about the night's talk and just apply the lessons they learned about Jesus from the talk and start to apply it into life as they're just lying in the dark, quiet, talking, and um, lots of decisions happen at that point. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So it's not just all about fun. It's actually it's, about personal spiritual growth as well. It's actually, absolutely. It's, it's spiritual growth for the kids, spiritual growth for the staff. It's fun for the kids and fun for the staff. Okay, so you've got a one-off opportunity this year because every other year you don't have camperies. You've got a one-off opportunity this year to get a toe in the door. Once you've got a toe in the door... <laughs> Then you kind of set from there on. And this, of yeah, course, is uh, where, what's right. the location? Whereabouts is uh, this location? Yeah, which is at Stewart's Point. It's about, well, um, where are we? It's between Kempsey and Maxville, if you know where that is on the highway, out on the beach. Our, our, Amazing our summer, part of Australia. Yeah, our summer camp is in the rainforest, backs onto the beach. Um, Beautiful spot. And, and a massive sheltered lagoon for all your yes, water skiing and yes. so forth. Yes, and then we have a second camp that's a kilometre down the road that backs onto the river. And so some activities are at the beach, some activities at Yarra, some at Stewart's Point, and so on. It's a fantastic situation. One of the, one of the best camp locations, I would say, anywhere yes, in Australia. Absolutely. Mm. Very pretty. Very beautiful. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so if you want to send your kids, you've got this opportunity. Yeah. There's not every year that Camp Re comes around. And we so. only have, to be honest, we only have three or four spaces left in each camp. Um, they've been filling up in spite of having Camp Re also. And they're almost full, so if you want to come, let us know. Give us a ring. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. You maybe that you've much got slower. Maybe you've got, uh, <laughs> maybe you've got grandchildren that you would like to send along. Maybe you have somebody that you are mentoring in your life that you would like to send along. Um, give us yeah. a call. We would uh, love to have you there. And praise God for the ministry and the work that you do there, Dana. Thank it's you. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to us. We enjoy it. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.